Hey everybody and welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Dose of Euphoria podcast. I'm your host Matt Zapala for any new listeners that are out there. Guys, this episode's going to be a little bit different to one that I would usually record. There is no guest lined up for today, so you've got my voice that you have to listen to for the whole half an hour or 40 minutes that this is going to go for. Basically, you may remember a few weeks back, I posted on my Instagram a little questions comment box and asked you to ask me questions that I can answer during today's podcast. Now, I got a heap of responses, so I'm going to have to split the podcast into two so it doesn't go for too long. And I'm really excited that I'm able to answer the questions and really direct this podcast towards you guys. I really don't see any way to go into it other than just to dive straight into this podcast, guys. So I'm going to start off with question number one. And I was asked, what is the best way to lose belly belly fat, I should say? So ultimately, to be in a calorie deficit is how you're going to lose belly fat. So you're going to be burning more calories than you're consuming. An easy way to do this without tracking calories or anything is just to cut your portion sizes down, guys. So limit the food that's going into your mouth. From a training perspective, when I'm working with a weight loss client, I focus on compound exercise. So compound exercises are exercises that are using multiple muscle groups at the same time. So like your squats, your lunges, your push-ups, etc. They're essential for losing weights. Um, yeah, basically these burn more calories than isolation exercises like bicep curls or if it was to be tricep dips or something like that where you're really targeting that muscle. Whereas a squat, it has everything in your lower half plus your core to stabilize activating at the one time. Hopefully that answers your question. Number two, I really like this question and it was, what should I look for when seeking a personal trainer? Guys, I think a lot of people don't actually know what to look for when they're looking for a personal trainer and often go off recommendations of friends, which is totally fine, or look for the most aesthetically looking personal trainer out there. So the fittest person with the tan, with the most tan skin, which is not always the best trainer and nothing against those people. They may have a knowledge base that's going to get the best out of you, but it is not always the case. And that was highlighted in episode 25 of the weekly dose of euphoria podcast I did with Ben from Fit With Plants. And he was saying to me that he's been a personal trainer for over 16 years and he still learns each and every day from trainers that have been in the industry for under a year. So there's no real demographic or real look that a trainer can have. Even if they've got 15, 16 years of experience, doesn't make them a better trainer than a person who's only had six months experience. So my answer to that question is obviously looking for someone who's certified, so who holds their certificate three and four in fitness. Someone that you can relate to, I think is such a big one as well. You want someone that has the same interests as you and is really passionate about what they do as well. Um, someone who has your best interests at heart and is really genuine. And that's so easy to pick up on by the way they conduct themselves through the consultation or, or through the way you see them. Someone who's always positive. I think this is a really important one because a lot of people see fitness as being a chore. So if your trainer can create a positive environment and always extract the best from you, even when you're doing a million burpees, I think that's really essential. 
another great point is a trainer that's always prepared to learn from you. I think that as trainers, we often don't think that we can we can learn from our clients because we we're giving them a service, which is not always the case. And I learn from each and every one of my clients how to approach a different situation because one size doesn't fit all and something that works for a client that's in a similar position might not work for that exact client as well. So adapting everything to to different clients as well. Uh, you want someone that's going to guide you along your journey, but enable you to grow by yourself as well. I think that's really important guys, because the personal trainer is not going to be there for the rest of your life, holding your hand, making decisions for you. So if your trainer can enable you to make good decisions by yourself, I think that's far more beneficial than anything. You want someone that you feel comfortable around. Obviously, that ties into someone that you can relate as well. A big one, I think someone who constantly updates their education is really important too, because their science is changing every single day with new studies coming out, new exercises coming out, new fads coming out. So if your trainer can update his knowledge and know what's good and bad information to pass on, that's that's fantastic as well. And a big one for me and probably the most important one is someone who maintains balance in their life. So their PT lifestyle can be unsustainable for trainers out there that are trying to run themselves into the ground and, and work every single day. The long long hours, so the split shifts being early mornings and finishing late at night can take a toll on people and trainers who don't know how to balance themselves balance their workload and, and maintain their well being is not gonna give you the best opportunity to to grow. So that's my answer to that one. Hopefully you can a trainer can tick all of those boxes, if not majority of them then Another good one I got was how do I set a balanced program for myself in the gym? A big one for me answering this question is to do what you enjoy doing. I've done a lot of programs where I haven't really enjoyed what I'm doing and it's become a chore and it's only lasted about three or four weeks tops. You want something that's going to be sustainable long term and and maybe not that specific phase of the program, but you want to have the fundamentals down pat that you can basically do for the rest of your life. So doing what you enjoy doing is is a big one for me. Um, but there is a line with that in saying that I'm sure no one likes doing a million burpees. So you need to have an aspect of it that is going to challenge you um, to progress, whatever your goal may be. So I think 70% of what you, your training should be what you enjoy and 30% should be challenging you to, to be better, whatever aspect that be. If that might be doing burpees, 10 a day, whatever, or it could be going to run each and every day that's different for every person in terms of specifics with that one so I want to make sure that you're targeting all the major muscle groups in the body so it's balanced so if you're training your quads make sure you're training hamstrings to balance it out and it varies depending on your goals what sort of specifics as in rep ranges and time frames that you want to get things done as well as your exercise capabilities. So get in touch with me if you want to discuss further. I'll be more than happy to help you out. I've got a good one here. What are my favorite exercises? So you're probably going to think I'm really strange with this one, but I love exercises that give me a burning sensation in the back of my throat. So I really like challenging myself to get the best out of myself every session. And I know sometimes I have to tone it back a little bit because it can get unsustainable trying to push your limits every single session. It's it's not sustainable. That's a fact. 
So burpees and battle ropes are my favorite two bits of equipment. Burpees you can do with your with your body weight and obviously battle ropes. Not not a lot of people like them, but I love them. Um, like I said before, they're they're exercises that are challenging me to give my maximal efforts. But I usually complete these at high intensity for a short period of time just to get bang for my buck. So if I've got 10 minutes in between clients and I have an exercise for that day, I'll get out the battle ropes and, and do a 20 second on 10 second rest to barter with battle ropes and burpees. And after 10 minutes, I'm absolutely gassed. So really getting bang for my buck there. Hope that answers that question for you. A good one here I think we can all relate to is I'm struggling for motivation and what can I do to get motivated was the question. And I think first and foremost, you need to find your why. So ask yourself why you're doing what you're doing in the first place. So for me, my exercise goals at the moment are just to be as fit as I possibly can and to maintain balance. So that's my why. And this is probably a little bit of a bad example because sometimes I can get the knack of training too much. So I have to really ask myself why I'm doing this and if it's fitting into that bill. And some days I I won't feel like training and I won't train for that exact reason because I'm trying to listen to my body. But for people that are lacking motivation, I think, yeah, finding out your why, why you want to do it. So if you want to lose weight or you want to gain muscle or you just want to maintain some more balance in your life, get moving a little bit more. I think if you can relate your everything back to your why, that'll give you enough motivation. If you're still struggling with that, use social media, guys. Instagram and YouTube are your best friends. So following fitness motivation pages and, and watching those before a session can can be super beneficial too. Another one that's very underrated is training with a friend and that can have some good and bad aspects but if you can hold each other accountable and really push yourselves push each other to get the best out of each other and when one person's feeling demotivated then the other person can come through and pick them up and vice versa and I think that's really underrated that's why group classes are thriving at the moment because there's that team aspect and and people often come with friends so they can really push them through them them tough periods and when they're not being motivated. Hopefully you got a few points out of that. If you're still struggling, contact me directly and I'll be able to to send you some links of of pages that I follow sometimes that I use when I'm demotivated. This is a good one, guys. It's been a month since I last saw progressions in terms of my weight loss and I'm still eating and training the same way. So why is this happening? And this is what we call in the industry as a plateau. So basically, after a period of time, it's stagnant results. So basically, what you have to do there is to either up your training or cut your calories more in terms of weight loss. But if you're to get out of a plateau, generally, you need to change something to push past it. I would have to find out some more specific information about your situation. So direct me- message me and I'll find exactly what you're doing and we'll develop a plan going forward. But like I said before, if general advice, in order to get out of a plateau for weight loss, you must either eat more more calories or less calories depending on your situation. I know that's a bit confusing. So like I said, message me and we'll go through that together. Um, and another big one is switching up your training routine. So if you're plateauing with, with your training, you need to up the weights and keep progressing or incorporate another high intensity training session into that regime. That's a very broad question and I know it varies for each and every person. So like I said, message me and we'll go through that one personally. Uh, Next question, guys. What order should I do my exercises at the gym? 
This one I didn't think was that important while I was doing my personal training course and then I soon found out why. So compound exercises, as I mentioned before, the exercises that are using multiple muscle groups at the same time, do them before isolation exercises because you want most of your energy working the large muscle groups. So for example, if you're doing chest day at the gym, um, you want to be doing your bench press or your your chest flies or something before you do your your triceps basically your triceps are still being worked in the bench press exercise on the push phase so you want to have bulk of your energy lifting that that weight i guess um you're not going to maximize your performance lifting a bench press if you're fatiguing your tricep muscles before you do the bench press because those muscles are, are a big part of doing the bench press and getting the weight up. So definitely compound exercises before isolation is important. This is one I've done. This question is something that I've done a few times and it is, should I train through the common cold? I think it does vary and depending on the severity of, of your cold. But most of all, I probably wouldn't recommend training at high intensity or lifting heavy excessive weights during this period. Your body's working hard to fight off something foreign and and a disease in your body. So instead of adding to the stress by thrashing your body, simply support the healing process by going for a walk. And that way you're keeping the body moving, you're keeping the lungs working efficiently, but without putting extra strain or stress on your body. But again, that can vary and it's just a personal preference, but I would say more often than not, no. I think this is this is a great question and often a lot of people as soon as they start an exercise regime they they want to go out and get a get a protein powder but that's because not not your fault that's just the way the market the industry has marketed protein and the importance of it which I think is ludicrous but anyway um protein powder is not essential after the gym you can get your protein from whole food sources and I think there's massive hype around protein and hitting your protein requirements per day I think if you're eating a varied whole foods plant-based diet, then you'll definitely get enough protein from the foods you're consuming without even trying, and that'll maintain the weight you are. But if you're trying to gain weight, then slightly increase your, your protein intake. A rule of thumb that I use is about one gram of protein per day for every kilo of body weight. So I'm 80 kilos, round about between 80 and 83, I fluctuate a little bit, so I'd try and hit that because I'm not trying to, to gain muscle mass. But if you're a bodybuilder and you're looking to gain weight, I'd probably up that to 1.8 to 2.5 grams of protein per kilogram of body weight. So if I was trying to to gain muscle mass in this phase, I'd probably hit around 160, 150, 160 grams per day. Um, a common people thing, a common thing people forget, I should say, is that food isn't just made up of one macronutrient unless you're literally eating tablespoons of sugar. So for example, a potato doesn't just have carbohydrates, it's got carbohydrates, protein, fats combined all together in the one food. So yeah, ensuring that you're getting whole foods is is essential and you're definitely going to hit all the macronutrients if you're doing that, that's for sure. And I missed the second part of that question. It was, if if so, what are some good brands of protein powder to buy? I don't have this protein powder every day, but on sometimes when I've trained, done a heavy session at the gym or something like that, I'll, I'll have a shake in the afternoon, add with some, some berries or anything like that. And that's Prana On, which is a plant-based protein powder. I love the taste, the texture, and the combination of ingredients in there. So definitely hit up those guys if you're looking for a protein powder.
Next question, guys, is how do I be more consistent with rest times when I'm training? I often get caught in conversation with people during sets at the gym, and this sometimes can last 10 minutes plus. Guys, I think this is a really important one, particularly if you're trying to work towards a goal. Rest times is such an underrated aspect, and and your rest times can really dictate your heart rate dropping and and what you're working towards. So if you're working towards a more a weight loss approach, then you want to limit your rest times to keep that heart rate nice and high throughout the whole session. If you're working for more of a strength approach and trying to trying to gain muscle, then you're probably looking at a longer rest time. So you really got to be accountable for what you're doing and and have structure towards your session. So be efficient with your time. And how you do that is simply by timing your rests. So depending on your goals, the time will will vary. So contact me directly and I'll be able to, to set you on the right track in terms of rest times. But rule of thumb, weight loss is usually around 30 to 45 seconds after each exercise, depending on what you're doing. Um, for sort of a strength component, you're looking at 60 to 90 seconds. And then when you're working on power, you're probably looking at 90 to to three minutes rest between sets. And yet again, that does vary depending on a lot of things. So get in contact with me and I'll be able to help you through that one. Next question. I've been looking into getting a gym membership, but I can't afford it at this stage. I usually walk most days. Is that okay? I think that's totally fine. And walking is is definitely an underrated bit of movement and moving your body should be the main goal in whatever way, shape or form you can do that. But depending on your goals, it can vary. So if your goal is general maintenance or even weight loss, I think walking is fine and and as a base start, but you always want to be progressing what you're doing. So whether that's upping the distance or getting into a jog or, or something like that. And I think using your body weight is is such an underrated tool. And I, I know people that come to my group classes and personal train, training with me, we use a lot of our body weight because I want to be able to teach people to be accountable for themselves and use their own body weight when they're stuck on holidays and they're or they're stuck at home and they can't go to the gym to be able to get a good workout just by using your body weight. I think if your goal is to gain muscle mass, then walking probably won't be enough. Um, you'll need to be able to add resistance to what you're doing, but that can be, definitely be done with your body weight to a certain extent. Um, a gym is the easiest way to do that, but it's not impossible to do it without access to a gym. Hopefully that answers the question, but walking walking is definitely fine. Next question, is organic produce better than normal produce? Um, ultimately, organic produce is best. So the way our food is grown these days, to keep up with the supply and demand of the growing population... There are numerous pesticides and herbicides sprayed onto our fruits and veggies to keep the insects away and increase the, the rate of growth for for the fruit and veggie to keep up with the consumer. However, I understand the cost of organic produce is through the roof from mainstream supermarkets. It's not really affordable for the general population. So if you if you can't afford organic produce, then normal produce is fine. You're still going to get a ton of nutrients from fruit and vegetables as opposed to anything else. Um, yeah, if you can afford organic produce, definitely get it. If you can't, that's no stress. Just make sure we're getting whole foods and um, as minimally processed as possible. Me personally, I make sure I'm only buying a few things organic, um, and that's mainly my tofu. 
a lot of soy is genetically modified. So if I can get my tofu organic, then that um, that's the easiest way for me. At least I know I'm getting that organic. Also, depends what I'm having for the week and the price of of fruit and vegetables that are organic. Sometimes I'll buy zucchini or or veggies that don't have a shell layer to peel back. Um, I'll get that organic. But yeah, rule of thumb, organic produce is better. But if you can't afford it, don't stress. There's always ways to to head over to the farmer markets and get organic produce at a cheaper price. A good tip that Ben from Fit With Plants taught me actually was to go to the farmer's markets late in the day and they're basically giving the organic stuff away for free. So, or not for free, but at a cheaper price. So that's a way to to save on cost there. I've had this next question a, a few times in since I've been plant-based, and it was, if you had chickens in your backyard, would you still eat eggs? And the answer is no. I think the stress that a chicken has to endure to produce eggs is so taxing on their bodies, and the hormones they release when they're producing the eggs, preparing to develop and care for that egg ready to hatch is tremendous. And I've found that we can lead a healthy, sustainable lifestyle without eating them, so for me, there's absolutely no reason for me to consume them. Hopefully that answers your question. Next one, are frozen veggies still okay to eat? Definitely yes. I buy frozen veggies in every single shop. Things that are easy like peas and corn are great to have for both convenience and cost. Um, I don't worry about using those veggies before they spoil because they're snap frozen once picked and just keep them in the freezer. Nutritionally, there's not much science saying that frozen veggies are less healthy than fresh produce, but obviously fresh is best. Another question which I think can relate to a lot of people in the health and fitness industry, it was my last PT said I had to count calories in order to reach my goal and basically I was living in an if it fits your macros mentality. I found myself eating junk food all on the weekend and was binge eating because I was depleted throughout the week. It was fine though, I guess I got used to it. I'm I'm struggling now but I don't want to count calories anymore but I want to lose a little bit more weight what can I do here that's a that's a fantastic point and I think a lot of people can relate with this personally my my journey goes something like that as well I was counting calories for a ridiculous amount of time and and it got unsustainable it was good for the beginning and I think calorie counting does serve a purpose for you to understand foods and really get to know what foods contain what calories and and base a program off that but a question I ask my clients is, do you think that you can count calories for the rest of your life? And the simple answer is no. You don't want to be 50 and, and still counting calories from for the past 20 years, trying to create this unnecessary stress around food. You want to be able to incorporate balance in your life and and listen to your body and really be intuitive with what you're eating. The way, the simplest way I can do is just to cut your portion sizes down. Again, it just depends on your activity levels and things like that. So get in contact with me and I'll be able to work you, work through that with you. Also, go back and listen to episode 26 of the podcast, which explains my story and it goes through everything that I did in order to get out of that mentality. It took me a long time, but... Basically, I just learned to listen to my body and and use keys that I can look at every day in my life. So, for example, when I'm measuring out rice, I'll use one fistful of rice, little things like that, which are not 
stressful mentally and completely sustainable for the rest of your life. Little tips like that I think are super beneficial. Hopefully that answers your question. If you have any further questions about that, just shoot me a DM directly. Um, another great question here is, what are some good snack ideas as a vegan? I think traditionally when you transition to a plant-based diet, you, you're consuming far less calories than what you would on an animal-based diet, basically because the meat, dairy, eggs, and fish do contain more calories than what plants do. It's simple. So some good snack ideas are like some smoothies, some coconut yogurt, I love cucumber, carrot, and nuts together with some tomatoes as well. Um, some hummus, so making that from chickpeas. I also love just fruit and nuts, basically. Keep it simple, guys. Fruit and nuts are easily accessible and tasty. Um, yeah, that's off the top of my head. That's all I can think of right now. Um... Depending on what time of day it is, guys, you can also have like a piece of toast with some peanut butter, um, smoothies, like I said before, chia puddings. Yeah, I think that really fits the bill. I've exhausted the list. <laughs> um, is peanut butter bad for you? you trick, tricky question here. I love peanut butter and I'll eat it by the spoonful sitting out of the jar, but that's just a personal preference. I don't think peanut butter is typically bad for you. It is a processed food. However, if you're having that in, not in moderation, but if you're consuming that ahead of the portion sizes and not doing what I do and sitting and eating it out of the out of the jar, I think peanut butter is fine and not having it excessively is, is great as well. Peanut butter does contain a, a whole lot of calories in it and you want to make sure you're getting peanut butter that literally is just 100% peanuts or if you're getting almond butter, 100% almonds. Almonds. You don't want to get brands that have uh, vegetable oils and thickeners in there. That's just ridiculous and, and you don't need that sort of stuff in your body. This next one, should I train at the gym in specific shoes? Guys, I don't think you should train at the gym in specific shoes unless you're doing powerlifting or weightlifting where you might need that extra support. If you're just general maintenance, I'd suggest some supportive runners. You often see people in in like dressy shoes, for example, Converse and things like that. I don't think there's a place for that at the gym. Uh, some trainers will say when you're deadlifting, you should wear Converse or or just take your runners off. I think that serves a purpose, but if you can learn to deadlift in without your without your shoes on, that's also beneficial as well. I wouldn't go out buying buying new shoes just to deadlift for that. But yeah, depending on your goals there. Incidental exercise is the next question. So what is incidental exercise? So guys, incidental exercise is exercise that you're doing without even thinking of it. So pretty much exercise other than your training regime at the gym. There's an interesting study out called the Blue Zones, basically, and these are the zones in the world where the healthiest people are living to till the longest age 
to the oldest age and the healthiest for that period of time. And, and basically, they looked at their lifestyle factors and they're not smoking, they're not drinking, and they're not putting any harmful toxins into their body by eating a predominantly whole foods, plant-based diet and moving throughout their day a lot more. So these people aren't weightlifters. They don't go and work out at the gym for an hour and then sit at their desk at a computer for the other 20 hours or however your working day is. 20 hours is a bit too much, so maybe maybe 8 to 10 hours. We'll, we'll rephrase that one. They're moving around constantly and, and for example, they're farming or they're on their feet a lot at work and, and things like that and they're really making sure they're moving their body in other ways as opposed to to general exercise at the gym. How do I drink more water in the day without reaching for cordial or soft drink? Guys, water is so nourishing and so important for our body and we re- really need to make sure we're, we're getting our recommended daily water intake, particularly in summer. So rule of thumb, I think, is about two liters to two and a half liters. That's without doing any exercise throughout the day. So ensuring you're at least getting that. And a lot of people do struggle to get that. Um, a way that you can incorporate more water and try and drink more water is to drink more teas. So take some tea to work and, and find a herbal tea that you that you enjoy drinking. Um, that's an easy way to get, get the water intake up. Also, by adding some lemon or some cucumber, orange oranges to your water to make it a little bit sweeter. Soda water sometimes, often... Um, obviously not in excessive amounts, but soda water obviously replicates that bubbly sort of fizzy taste that it gives you in the mouth from soft drinks. So that's a good one. And consuming foods that are high in water, like your watermelons, your celeries, your cucumber, also is an easy way to, to up that water intake. Next question, how many days should I train at the gym per week? I think this definitely varies depending on each person's lifestyle, their goals, their living conditions, their access to a gym. I think there's so many variables that this one this one applies to. I think to simplify guys, if you can move your body every day for at least 30 minutes, that's that's uh probably essential. Um the way you do that obviously varies every day. If you're if you're following a strict regime at the gym, three days a week we don't want to be going for the other four days for high stress activities to put on your body so i'd say somewhere between the two and four days of exercise dedicated to to gym work and towards your goals is is fine and then making sure we're moving our bodies in the other three days we don't want to just stay stay stagnant for those three days so consistent movement is probably key there the second part of this question is how long should my sessions be? Another one, depending on the person and and their time restraints, how much time they have to do at the gym, what their commitments are, etc. I usually try and make my sessions go from anywhere between 30 to 45 minutes. I went through a phase where I was training for an hour and a half, two hours, and it's just unsustainable to do that. So I think depending on your goals, around about the 30 to 45 minutes. And if you really push for time, maximize your time, like I was saying before earlier in the podcast, when I have a spare 10 minutes, really maximize the work output and 
and try and minimize the rest time and up the intensity. So I think there's definitely ways around it. And if you've only got 10 minutes, don't just write it off. There's always something that you can do that is super beneficial in that 10 minutes. How many coffees should I drink per day is the next question. Um, this one is is very conflicting and I know some people are for coffee and there's science to say that coffee's good for you and there's also science to say that, that coffee's bad for you. I think there's definitely science that says excessive coffee drinking is, isn't super beneficial for your health, um, particularly for your adrenal system and um, obviously your heart rate goes through the roof when you're having coffee. So if you can minimize that coffee to one, two max per day, I think, I think that's great. Some people can have five, six and really does nothing for them, but I think that's just build them built up a tolerance to them. Um, I can't really say without having the, the science behind me there guys. So I, I tell you what I do. I have two coffees per day. Sometimes on the odd day I have three and then other days I can go the whole day without having any. So I'm really not dependent on it. I just love the taste and, and people from Melbourne, Australia here, they'll know that we're so spoiled for choice with our coffee. Every second store is a, is a cafe. So it's quite hard to ignore the temptation. So one to two cups per day I think is fine but it does depend on each and every person and your medical conditions, etc. Sometimes coffee doesn't agree with you. This next one is a question that really, really gets me frustrated and it's not at the person that was asking this question because I hear it all the time and I've been told this advice before as well, so nothing against you for asking the question, but the question is my PT, last PT told me I should stop eating fruit I thought that this was silly, but he made a great point about the sugar content. What should I do? I think in simple terms, there's a huge difference between sugar from a teaspoon and uh, sugar from a banana. So the sugar from the banana, like I mentioned before, with the potato has other macronutrients in it that are so beneficial for you, such as heaps of other vitamins, fiber, that really helps your body work the way it's meant to work and whereas table sugar is just empty calories really it's giving you no benefit besides a quick burst of energy so i think from a nutrients point of view fruit is definitely not bad for you i i have about 10 pieces of fruit a day and i'm not telling you guys to go out and have 10 pieces of fruit a day because it sometimes doesn't agree with people's body but fruit is not the enemy fruit is amazing and it's loaded with fiber and other vitamins and minerals that that we need for, for our body to work at its best. So fruit is not the en- enemy. Definitely don't give up fruit. Guidelines, guys, they say bet- they say to have at least two pieces of fruit a day. So if you can be hitting that, then you're kicking goals. This one here ties into the earlier question about how many days should I train a week. And the question goes, I hear people say no days off. And I should not have a day off. Should I Should I have rest days or not? I think that depending on what you're training for, rest days are essential for your body to, to recoup and restore its energy in order to progress further. But I don't think that rest days should be doing nothing. Like I said before, if you can get consistent movement throughout your body each and every day, then that's so beneficial for you. So 
Movement can be as simple as going for a 20-minute walk or a 15-minute walk or taking the stairs instead of the elevator one day on your rest day or, or doing those little incidental things are definitely far more beneficial than, than thrashing yourself at the gym. And that's not to say that we don't deserve to sit down and watch Netflix all day once in a while because sometimes that's what we our body needs and that's it's what we need as humans to, to maintain balance. And I think that it definitely depends on the individual. But no, you should not have a rest day in to answer that question, but you also should at the same time. So it depends on the person and the situation. I know I've confused you guys a little bit, but if you can get consistent movement, then that's that's far more beneficial. How many days per week do I train was the next question. And the last one for this podcast before I break it up into the next episode. So guys, I'm only currently training three days a week. As I mentioned before, my goals are more of a trying to maintain balance in my life and and just to be the healthiest I can possibly be. So I'm currently training at a group fitness place and I go to three sessions, sometimes two there a week. But like I said before, the other four or five days that I'm not training, I'm not just doing nothing. I'm constantly being active. I'm walking around. Sometimes I might go for a light bike ride or I'm moving my body in different ways to keep it fun and exciting. And I think exercise isn't just going to the gym and and working out for 30, 45 minutes or or going for a long run. Exercise is moving your body and I think that's far more beneficial in the long term than training seven days a week, which is completely unsustainable, as I said before. Guys, I just want to say thank you so much for the questions. I've been overwhelmed with with support here and I hope I answered all your questions. If you have any further ones, private message me and I'm going to be doing the second half of these questions in an upcoming podcast as well. So if you weren't in this podcast, be sure to watch out for the next one as well. Alrighty guys, have a good day.